It's Dear Instructional Designer, episode 34. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Dear Instructional Designer, the show about the instructional design journey. I'm your host, Kristen Anthony. It's season two of Dear ID, a season dedicated to the tools, tech, and solutions we use to create learning experiences. This episode, I want to dive into a solution that I think speaks a lot to the newbie instructional designer portfolio building experience, and that is live streaming. Live streaming is just what it sounds like. Streaming video on the internet, live. Recording what you're doing as you're doing it. You may have used one of the platforms yourself. I know that many L&D leaders jumped on the live streaming bandwagon, experimenting with apps like Periscope and Meerkat. As far as I could see, they were using those as ways to live stream conferences or presentations or conversations in a sort of live podcast. For myself, I decided to experiment with the other kind of live streaming platform, the ones that are meant for showing work. Being used for things as varied as showing a musician working on new pieces of music, to showing a developer coding a new feature or starting a project, to showing people playing video games together. YouTube Live is one such platform. Twitch is another one that's very popular. I want to talk about this kind of live streaming because I think that it's one way that we as instructional designers, and perhaps particularly as newbies, can show our process think out loud about the whys of what we do as well as the hows as we build things. There are two main reasons why I'd encourage you to try live streaming as a show-your-work kind of process. But before I get into that, I want to detail my experience with it thus far. So I actually live-streamed a couple of sessions that showed me working on that ADAPT course I mentioned in episode 24. I used the Twitch platform and downloaded open broadcaster software, known as OBS, on my Mac to do the streaming. I'll link to that free and open source program in the show notes. Overall, I really enjoyed my live streaming experience, but it wasn't without problems. Probably my major issue with the experience, and one of the reasons I haven't made myself continue live streaming, is that it does feel very performative in a way that just firing up my computer and starting to code or starting to make doesn't, which makes me personally uncomfortable. I mean, even after I saw that no one was watching live, it was still harder to set everything up and start recording than it has been to just start the making process. So that's a huge barrier for me, and it's something that you should maybe take into account. The other much more minor thing was that while it's technically pretty simple, there are pretty good instructions on integrating between OBS and Twitch. I still managed to mess it up on the first recording, so I probably lost another two hours of video when I wasn't actually recording and streaming. I think what a lot of people do is actually have the platform up on a second display or computer so that you can make sure that you're live. As an aside, I know that there are themes or styles you can set up to display your name or Twitter handle and just make your live stream look cool, but that's not necessary by any means. And again, if you're anything like me, focusing on that kind of stuff may just become another barrier to actually streaming. 
Now on to why, in spite of my personality conflict with this, I think it was a valuable process for me and could be for you. The first reason is that I think it solves a problem that can occur when you're trying to focus on making side projects and consistently engaging in this project-based professional development that I've been advocating on the show overall. And that is a conflict between showing your work, sharing your work, and actually doing the work. I was encouraged to try out live streaming my development process by my friend Brittany Brown O'Donnell. It came at a time when I had recently finished John Medina's Brain Rules and was starting in on Cal Newport's Deep Work, both great books by the way, and was and still am struggling to find a balance between the wonderful ideas Austin Cleon advocates in his book, Show Your Work, And my own feeling of being really, really distracted sometimes, not being able to focus as much as I wanted, not being as productive on the things that I cared about as I would have liked. And I had a hunch that live streaming would help me to engage deeply with the work I wanted to be doing while also being able to share and show that work. And I believe that it delivered on that hunch. For me, live streaming the ADAPT course development gave me that space to spend that entire weekend buried in this work, grappling with new frameworks, but also gave me the meat I needed to continue sharing my experiences. I mean, I got two podcast episodes, two YouTube videos, and two blog posts out of that one weekend experience, and my ability to share what I was trying to accomplish both in the meta experiment of the live streaming and the adapt development experiment was greatly facilitated by using live streaming as an opportunity to show my work. By using this dual nature that live streaming provides, It really is the kind of thing that can help bolster your portfolio work, your ability to show a potential client or employer what you can do for them. The second reason I'd encourage you to try live streaming is that it can be a good way to actually force yourself to speak your process out loud. I don't think every streamer does this, but that's definitely part of why I wanted to do it, was to record my decision-making and debugging process. What am I doing? Why am I doing it this way? What happens when I screw up? How do I solve a problem? Those are super helpful reflective questions that can make your own thinking clearer and could potentially help anyone who is watching to understand your process as well. While no one actually watched while I was streaming, I didn't promote this in any way. And even though it wasn't polished or clean, And even though I only recorded about six hours of my process out of, I don't know, probably 24 or more that weekend, I know that folks have watched those videos to get that peek behind the development scenes. And there were a couple of comments where someone asked me questions about things that I had done and some things that I didn't get to record. And I was able to engage with him about that process and help him as he dove in. So it's a way for you to express your process to yourself and to others who may be learning after you. I think that there's real value in pulling back the curtain on development, if only for yourself as a newbie instructional designer or developer. Again, it can be difficult from the perspective of feeling like you're performing, but it's definitely something that I'm challenging myself to keep in my solution toolkit. Thanks so much for listening in, folks. But before we part, I want to leave you with this. 
I listened to a podcast called Code Newbies, and the creator and host, Saran Itbarek, tells a story about her coding bootcamp experience when all of the graduates were participating in this end of bootcamp science fair, where all of the participants had a chance to show off their projects to potential employers from a number of different companies. And she says that all of the other campers had two or three different apps that they were showing off, but she spent her time on just one. Her reasoning, and I love this, is that she knew that as a newbie, no one was probably going to be impressed by the way that she used such and such framework or language. They would probably have seen that sort of thing before. So instead, she made it a point to really focus on process. She was able to explain and show her decision-making process and why she made those decisions. And she credits that focus with her ability to get several job experiences as a newbie right on the heels of that bootcamp, including a position at Microsoft. And I think that this is so important. As I'm always harping on on this show, I believe in the power of making stuff. And I believe in the transformative, door-opening power of showing your work. I think that live streaming can help you to bridge the gap between those two things without perhaps being as cumbersome as other longer-term projects like blogging. I really encourage you to give it a try. Thanks again for listening. If any of you are live streaming projects, I'd love to hear about it. I'm at Chris on Twitter, or you can shoot me an email at kristen at dearinstructionaldesigner.com. Last but not least, the end of the year is creeping up on us and season two is winding down. If you've got some time, leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show and lets me know how I'm doing. I'd really appreciate it. I'll talk with you again soon. Take care.